Aaron. I'm Jeff. And this is the final word with Jeff and Aaron. So I just got to mention something real quick before okay, we get yes. into the main thing. So every time we record very, uh, using Skype, which considering the current state of the world is going to be the only way we're going to record for a very long time. Yeah, it's true. Every time we it's... record very, using Skype, we have to kind of synchronize the two recordings so that they can be lined up. And to this do this, true. we go to a website called time.is, and then we clap at five-second intervals so that we can line up the clap sounds. The problem is Skype puts a uh, like little monitoring video uh, right next to the time. So I'm watching you, Aaron, try to clap, and I start forgetting that I'm supposed to clap on every five seconds, and I'm trying to anticipate when you're going to clap so that oh, I can clap. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I just, I just ignore that. I have never actually – I always just look at like the time.is website directly. That's, that's what really I was doing. amusing. I was use, I'm looking at the time.is website, but I'm also can see okay. you in my peripheral. Yeah. And since I've been playing a lot of reaction-based games recently, my mind is like, okay, wait for him, wait for him. Right, and, right, oh. right. Nope. Interesting. It also it probably helps because I have a really wide monitor that it's like oh, just yeah, outside of my peripheral. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's Anyways, interesting. So that's Good to fun. know. Uh, so is that's that's not our fact, by the way. No, that was that was not a fun fact at all. Jeff not being able to pay attention to things is not a fact. Well, actually, it is a fact, just not fun. It's just not a good fact, really, no. at all. It's a pretty it's a pretty sad fact, actually. So, what is our good fact? So, our good fact. So, uh, before we get into the fact, because the fact ties into what we're talking about. So, as we mentioned last week, we are going to be talking about the movie Dunkirk, which Jeff just finished watching, and I actually rewatched last night. Good. So. The fact I'm going to bring up actually has nothing to do with World War II, but with World War I. So World War I was the first war that had any kind of fighter jets or fighter planes, rather. Okay. Um, and because, you know, we're talking about 19, 19, 1918, 19, no, 1914, yeah, 1914. Like, things were, things were kind of in their infancy. So they essentially mounted machine guns to the... Um, so you have like the cockpit and then there's literally like a machine gun in front of the cockpit and you you're not manually moving the machine gun. The machine gun is fixed in place and you move the plane to. Sure. And so the machine gun, though, would fire through the propeller. Right. Yes. Yes. And so it had to be timed perfectly um, using what is called a um, uh, shoot. What did I do with it? It's called a did it did it. Um, well, what the hell? I had it up. A, uh, interrupter gear, interrupter gear. Um, and it's actually, I'm going to post a video of this, the, the slow-mo guys. I was just going to say, I knew exactly what you were talking about because I watched their video and it's a good video. Yeah. So the, there's this, this YouTube channel, the slow-mo guys, they have these crazy, crazy, crazy high speed cameras. And, uh, they did one with this, uh, the synchronization gear. Um, or so there's synchronization gear or a gun synchronizer, sometimes l- less accurately called an interrupter. Um, so they did a, 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 a slow-mo video of how this works. And um, I don't fully know all of the mechanics behind the Essentially, gear it makes itself. it so the gun cannot possibly fire unless the blades are perfectly aligned out of the way. Right. That's, um, that's its job. And it does it it's really that, that cool. job. It's very elegant solution to it. Yeah. And it's like, and like I said, I don't fully know the mechanics behind it, but it basically, um, yeah, you can fire through the propeller and it won't hit the propeller. Um, and what was kind of fun with the slow-mo guys is they turn the interrupter off. Yeah. 
and see what would just happen. Destroy starts, that propeller. Yeah. Um, so and it, what's crazy is um, I think the propellers they would rotate at like two thousand RPMs. I some, think is what I large number something yeah. like that. But the machine gun, the bullet would f- fire so much faster than that. Yeah. Um. So you can actually, again, I'm gonna post this video because it's really cool. You can actually see uh, with the slow mo guys, the bullet coming flying out, and it looks like the propeller has just stopped. Right, because it's going so much faster than the propeller can move. Right. So it's a really anyways. cool visual. Also, enjoy look look through their channel. Anyways, great stuff there. Yeah. A lot of visual uh, candy. Yeah. They have. Um, I think they're, I don't know what they have the latest camera, but when uh, I was looking up this one, it was 120,000 uh, frames a second. Oh, yeah. And they top themselves every once in a while. Yeah. So, so. it's it's pretty cool. My personal um, favorite one is when they spin a CD-ROM extremely fast and yes. it shatters. It's so yes. pretty. Yeah, it is really cool. So, yeah, you should definitely, Check definitely out that video. View, view that channel. Um, it'll be fun while you're, you know, locked inside. Yeah, because you need more content. Actually, uh, do you want to talk about that for a bit before we go into Dunkirk? Like, so our last <sighs> podcast was talking about coronavirus, and uh, since then things have gone downhill quickly to the point shockingly. where I haven't seen another human person that's not like a passerby at a grocery store for about a week now. Yep. Uh, yep. Which, as an introvert, I love. Um, right. Like, I'm kind of like it's this weird thing of kind of like I'm okay with this, but should I be okay with this? It's actually. Like, I feel of, like I should not be okay with this. It's kind of bad. I get annoyed when people. I now at this current stage, after being locked up for a week, I get annoyed when people like text me or call me or something like that. Cause it's like, ah, oh, I'm enjoying my my right. time. It's, it's like leave me alone. And um, I realize, no, no, no. I need to be socialized just a bit. Otherwise, right. there may be no coming back from this. Right. Exactly. That's kind of that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's just I. uh like yesterday was the first. Well, we had a snowstorm, so that didn't. Yes, help. that was. But like I actually, went on a walk yesterday and it was like, oh, wait, the world still exists. Yeah. I am not alone. My cat's um, been loving it, though. She's like, yeah, all of the attention. Um, yeah. But yeah, about that snowstorm, the last day I went into work and it was just to go grab a keyboard so that I could work from home more efficiently was the day that the snowstorm hit. And mm. I had didn't. All of my windows are car- I I live in a basement apartment, so I always keep all my windows covered because, you know, I don't Oh, want you didn't know what was going on outside, did no. you? So I walked out to go just pick up a keyboard and was just bombarded with snow. It was That's horrible. That's funny. Yeah. It was a pretty I mean it was a very heavy wet spring, typical spring snow. Yeah. Um, but that would have been very shocking going outside and be like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Because it was like before that we were in the high sixties. We even broke seventy, I think, yeah. on one of the days. I almost wore um, shorts one day. Yeah. Um so it's just God, it's weird. Yeah. Like for me, I, I you know I've been trying to keep in touch with people and checking in on people and and whatnot and um you know the common question how are you doing yada yada yeah yeah and you know for me it's always like I mean actually I'm fine I'm kind of enjoying this but then I was like you know there is that existential dread in the background though like that's still it's there it's not a very you know loud voice in my head but it's definitely there it's it's weird. Oh, it's see, weird. My mind is just whenever somebody asks me the question, "Oh, how have you been?" I'd be like, basically the exact same. Like yeah. the only difference now is I don't have to force myself to go to work. Like I can just right. work here, right. and it's socially acceptable now, and I love yeah. it. Yeah, um, and my oh man, my sleep schedule's gotten so screwed up. Not that it was ever like great, same. but it has gotten so much worse. It's going to be um, rough adjusting back to normal life yeah. again. Well, and it's going to be interesting. You know, right now 
most everything is closed through April 17th. That's, yeah. I don't know if that, that's probably, I could see that getting extended. I could which, see that too, depending on how things go. If, yeah. if this, if the current trajectory of the virus kind of dwindles a bit, then maybe they'll reopen it. But yeah, like so, people at our work are, are batting down the hatches for, you know, some people are saying months. A long haul. So, yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. It's really fun to watch people scramble to get set up with like uh, conferencing. Because again, <gasps> my job, I'm pretty much set up already for all sorts of work from home in terms, in terms of like conference calls and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Aaron, you found out something kind of interesting about webcams. Yes, yes, I did. So I have a cheap ass webcam. It's got this really nice wide angle, which I've used for book club because there's a lot of people and we, we do it remotely also. Um, but I was looking like, you know what? I So I had $50 in Amazon gift cards and I was like, you know what? I should maybe I should get a better web- webcam. They are sold out everywhere. I mean, yeah. ev- literally everywhere. Amazon, Amazon is sold out. Uh, Newegg is sold out. Are you talking Best about a specific Buy webcam or webcams in general? Webcams in general. Shit. <laughs> like everything. Like I was even looking like, okay, I don't need a fancy one. Can I just get a cheap one that is better than what I have? And it's like they or, you know, there's some third party sellers. I think the webcam you have is yeah. like being sold for three hundred dollars. And it's like. And it's an $80 webcam. I think I got so, mine for 60 at Best Buy. Right. I think that's, yeah. It's, and it's, I think it's 70 at Best Buy. Like it'll, they'll, and some of it could be, I get, bet most of them are manufactured in China. Oh, so interesting. That is probably one issue. And now that China is kind of reopening everything, um, they might start flooding uh, in. Yeah. So, but it was just like, like I'm looking and at first I'm like, holy crap. And then of course I'm like, well, that makes sense. Like, yeah, no, like it makes perfect suddenly sense. everybody's scrambling for webcams. Um, Another really weird thing that I couldn't find. And I finally found it at Whole Foods distilled water. Oh, right. Cause you have to have the distilled water for um, my CPAP. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, can, I wonder if that's because people were hoarding regular water and people were like, oh shit, I can't get regular water. This distilled stuff will do. But there's a ton of regular water. Oh, like it's like I like there's tons of like spring water and all that stuff. And like, what is up with distilled water? Turns out everyone has a CPAP. I get, yeah. Or like people using it for humidifiers. I don't know. So maybe I finally the neti pots. Maybe. Uh, so I finally I actually went over to Whole Foods because looking for somewhere. Whole Foods actually had a ton. Nice. Uh, Whole you Foods in general seems to be more well stocked just probably because I don't aren't. think as many People are shopping there to hoard everything. I was going to say, because of their prices, it would be a per- very poor decision to go there and buy all of their fresh apples. Right. Exactly. So it's just it's it's weird. That's kind of like the weirdest thing was going to I went to Safeway looking for distilled water, too. And like half the shelves are just empty. And you're like, that's a little creepy. Yeah. Like, I know. I know it'll pick up. But when? So like, yesterday yeah. I was I was went shopping to get. um uh, ingredients for a recipe and while I was shopping I had to constantly change what recipe I was making just right, because you like, couldn't get stuff yeah I was like oh I need some uh, some Spanish rice for this oh nope it's all gone oh I'll get yeah. some a- oh nope all the eggs are gone it went from like a chicken and rice meal to just like okay I guess I'll get a pizza <laughs> uh, well, my parents were trying to get ketchup and they couldn't find ketchup ketchup Oh, I know. It's, it's like the universal sauce, I guess. I know. Well, actually, I found ketchup at Safeway. It's really interesting how like King Supers is out of certain things. Safeway's out of other things. Right, and, right. It's like, like they're not out of the same things. Which so, is kind of useful. I guess. 
It's just that for me more than anything else was like, huh. So this is a thing. This is very much a thing. Yeah. Um, um, the other industry that's probably thriving right now is the the video game industry. Like, yeah, I bet you Steam has seen a upshoot in purchases like crazy right now. Probably, especially like board game or uh, yeah, multiplayer type games. Yeah. Um, hey, well, did you hear what uh, a bunch of the streaming services are doing in Europe right now? No, what? They are th- um, lowering the quality of the videos because yeah. the so many people are staying at home streaming from Netflix and uh, Amazon and whatnot that the literally the backbone of the Internet in Europe can't handle <laughs> that many streams at once. Oh, um, my goodness. I know. Like, I, I don't think that's happening here yet, but like I could see it. And it's interesting Like Com- most ISPs have uh, eliminated their data caps for the time being. Yeah. Um, which means I've been very much taking advantage of that because like, well, crap, I'm going to just download everything I can possibly imagine right now. Um, I'm probably, you know, being a part of the problem or on the other, <laughs> yeah. on the right. Or hey, on the hey flip guys, side, here's a limited resource. Make sure to not use it all. Oh, uses it all. Yeah. Or on the flip side, it will show that um, it's not a limited resource and there's zero reason to have data caps. Although they'll figure a way to put it. Oh, I'm sure. But well, actually, the big thing I'm doing right now. So I think I've told you this. I have a I use Backblaze for online backups. Uh huh. And I had been using this company called Crash Plan and they changed their whole uh, their payment model was that was got expensive. So I switched over to over to Backblaze. But I have like five terabytes of stuff to back up. Okay. Um. And so with a data cap, I, I couldn't I had to very slowly back things up. So, like, I've been backing things up, like, over the past year now, and I think I've gotten through, like, 1.5 terabytes of it. Um, but now I'm just, like, I am uncorking it, and I am letting it back <laughs> up as fast as possible. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, like, I do it. I, I have it set so it, like, it goes crazy in the middle of the night, basically. Yeah, I mean, that um, makes sense. No yeah, one else so, is using it, so. Off, exactly. Off, off peak hours, and you're good to go. Yeah, I think the last I saw, based on uh, the bandwidth, I was doing 100 gigabytes a day. Nice. Which like that'll that'll get me through. That'll do quickly. it. That'll do it. Yeah. Um because we got sixty days of this when we're probably like fifty days now. The other thing um, that's been popping up everywhere that I'm really enjoying is the the virtual happy hour. The idea yeah. of a lot of people getting on a conference call and just kind of like drinking and shooting the shit. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And that was um, actually that was kind of fun. We did that last week with a, a few friends. Yes. Um I really wanted really, to record it and post it because it would have been I good. Know. But yeah, oh well. well it was just, I it was actually kind of funny. Um, I was talking to Chris, our, our one. We have a mutual friend, Chris. Uh, uh, oh, you were there uh, when we tried to do when we did um, Jackbox games. Jackbox games. Uh, so during our first happy hour, we tried to do a Jackbox game, and we did Murder House. I think Murder and, Trivia Party or something like that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And so Chris brought it up, and I was like, "Wait, what? We didn't do Jackbox games during happy hour." And he looks at me, he's like, "You were like." three glasses into of whiskey in at that point really so think, yeah so i'm like thinking and i'm like oh god that's right we did it for like two seconds and i died immediately um and like i normally don't drink that much but it was like i didn't have to go anywhere and i was There's just sitting there no consequences right right so well there was that somewhere? evening yeah there, there were consequences that evening um fair enough um but but the, the problem with these sorts of things 
is, you know, if you went to a happy hour out at an actual bar, everyone has a sort of like cutoff time. Like, oh, I have to exactly. get home and go to bed. Right. So but I got to go home or whatnot. With the virtual happy hour, there's no cutoff. And so it gets to this point where everyone's just kind of like either politely continuing the conversation or right, just or it's like, I kind of want to go now. Yeah. Yeah. But oh. we haven't developed the proper um, social agreement for I want to go now. Right. Like, Which, I have done enough. I am leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, the happy hour kind of slowly dwindled. I think Graham finally he tried like, to leave uh, like three times. Yeah, he's like, I gotta go back to my baby. Um, and Good then he's like, Graham. I guess I'm just gonna bring the baby in front of the camera. Um, so that, and then that was actually kind of fun. hour of yeah. conversation. Yeah, but so, yeah. Anyway, uh, it would be really speaking, interesting to see the like um, changes in society because of this this quarantine. Yeah, we'll see what see we'll see what sticks. Yes, that'll be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Um, Speaking of something entirely unrelated, Dunkirk. Yes. So let's move on to the meat of the the issue. Yeah. So Um, so um, I want to propose the reason, the explanation for what's going on here. Uh, So I said it in the last podcast, but I'll say it again. I don't usually watch movies. And when I do, it's like uh, kind of like a passive thing. I just kind of put them on and be like, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Um, Whereas Aaron... Uh, is very, very into movies. Yes, Would you say it's a good qu- kind of classification? Yeah, I think so too. I, I really, I, I like movies a lot and I love going to the theater because it's like, it, I, lo- I love the big screen. I haven't gone in a while and obviously not going to be going in a while um, at this point, but yeah. I just, I love the art of movies. Yeah. Um, and I think and that's, I, I think that's the ahead. main difference here is I usually watch a movie purely for entertainment and Aaron likes the um the art behind it. And so mm-hmm. the, the goal of this little segment is Aaron suggests a movie that he thinks for one reason or another is extremely important to watch. And then I watch it. And then we discuss the differing opinions on whether or not that was a watchable mm-hmm. movie. And also I, in my, my hope is that I will provide Confer- insight into the movie that Jeff missed in that. Hopefully he will find that insight fascinating. Yeah. Um, and probably so- the subtle sort of like, why don't you like these things? They're classics. Right. Um, so we uh, we watched the movie Dunkirk. Um, yes. I literally finished it maybe 15 minutes ago before we yeah. started recording. Yeah. So hopefully all of you have seen it. If you haven't, spoilers. There's there's going to be spoilers because it kind of has to be spoilers. Like not I mean, really it, because. Yeah. Like you kind of know what happened in this, you know. I mean, you but, know um, the, the individual beats, but everyone kind of knows if you've mm-hmm. looked into Dunkirk before, you kind of know what happens. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit about Dunkirk on multiple levels. One, um, so the movie itself uh, is directed by Christopher Nolan, who I think is a fantastic director. Um, he, he did the, you know, the Batman Be- uh, Begins trilogy with Christian Bale, mm-hmm. uh, Memento, Interstellar. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Interstellar. I forgot about that one. And uh, um, that's a good uh, movie. Inception. Like he's really he he for me, like has mastered the art of storytelling in movie form. Um, he's just really good at it. He likes to use uh, as many um, practical effects as possible. Um, and he also really enjoys filming in large format cameras like IMAX, which is really difficult to do because IMAX especially is all film still. And the cameras are massive. And um, the uh, I think the um, 
there's the because the cameras are so big and the film rolls are so, are so big you get like seven or ten minutes or something of of film on a roll so it's like it's it's a difficult thing to film uh film with imax so um so that's right because dunkirk was shot for imax right yeah most everything was imax uh there were a few scenes that they used 65 millimeter that would um, explain one of the. So I actually made notes you while noticed, watching it. Did you notice the, the aspect ratio changed? It changed a few times, and I yeah. thought at first they were kind of doing a thing like, um, "Oh, what's the the hotel movie?" Yeah, um, uh, uh, the shoot. Darjeeling. No, not the no, Darjeeling no, no. Limited. The, the same um, guy, right? Yeah, West, it's Wes uh, Anderson, I think. Yeah, Wes Anderson. I know exactly the movie you're talking about. I can't shoot, think of it now. The Grand Budapest Hotel. The Grand Budapest. Yeah, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, they changed the aspect ratio through the movie to kind of. I think it's the like time frame. Yeah, there's like stories within stories and stuff like yeah. that. And so the aspect ratio indicates and I thought they were doing that for something. And then I realized there was no consistency in the movie. Yeah. Um, so essentially, uh, IMAX is a more square like aspect ratio um, and most film is wide. So when you're watching Dunkirk, it goes from like filling your entire TV to suddenly having black bars on the top and bottom. Yeah. Um, which is far less obvious when you're watching it in the theater because it's so big, especially if you are in an IMAX theater. And um, I watched it on my tablet in bed, so it was very yeah. obvious. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I saw this movie in IMAX with Ben. Um, oh, okay. Sure. Our um, mutual friend, Ben. Um, and uh, it was a fantastic experience. So um, so moving on from that. um. For those who don't know, uh, the the Battle of Dunkirk, the evacuation of Dunkirk, a few different names, uh, took place at the very beginning of World War II. Uh, I think it was uh, May of 1940. Um, it was shortly after uh, Germany was basically expanding all over Europe, um, and there was a, a battle for France that took place over about six weeks. And near the end of this battle... Um, British and French troops basically got trapped at Dunkirk, which is on the coast of France. And there was something, I think it was like 400,000 some uh, British and French troops that were trapped. And um, and what the, the somewhat, not irony, but interesting part about it is it's just right across the channel. So you could almost see. Um, right. It is. It is 45 miles from England. Like right. where it's like, you know, it's it's a stone's throw away, basically. But it's the English Channel. Like it you can't just walk there. No. Um, and so there were a number of factors that were not good for the Allied forces. Um, one is like I said, they were surrounded. There was nowhere else to go. Uh Dunkirk itself, the um the uh, port, the ah. the the coast, whatever you want to call it, is very, very shallow. So you couldn't bring in a warship that to try and evacuate people. A lot about the movie. Okay. Yes. Uh, so they couldn't bring in like a big warship to evacuate people. So they had to use smaller, either hospital ships or just you know troop transports or whatnot. On top of that, um, uh, it's called a mole, and you probably saw that in the movie. The mole is ba- the, a mole is basically like a man-made uh, structure that kind of like juts out into the sea. Um, and you can use it as like a dock. It's kind of like a, a more elaborate jetty. Basically. Yeah. Um, well, Dunkirk only had one of those. So it was basically one dock. Yeah. Um, so they could really only bring one ship in at a time. And what was happening was German Germany actually had submarines at this point and they were just kind of picking the little ships off one at a time, either via like there was uh, submarines torpedoing them or they had some, you know, air bombers flying overhead. Um, 
basically due to the circumstances, the progress at evacuating people was so slow that it was very easy for Germany's Germany to just wipe them out as they yeah. went along. Um, and so what ended up happening, and it's kind of amazing, uh, the UK or Britain uh, enacted, they called it, uh, I think, the, the small boat plan or something like that, where they basically either um, recruited civilians who had boats or they commandeered these little boats and they they um, um, sailed across the English Channel, hundreds and hundreds of these small civilian boats to Dunkirk to evacuate uh, everybody. And in the end, I think they've evacuated, um, it was like 35, uh, 350,000 or something like that. Something like that. They, they, yeah. It was something like 80, 85 plus percent. And it basically, if that didn't happen, if Germany had um, wiped them out, like World War II would have ended. That would have been it because basically the bulk of everybody's troops would have been gone. Yeah. And so even even with it, what happened, like it was a mil, a, a colossal military cock up um, like it was it it was terrible. And it had a, a you know, a, a somewhat of a good ending because people would be were able to be evacuated. But it was just a major, 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 major screw up. And to this day, actually, um, it's hotly debated, if you will. So Germany kind of um, stopped their advance on Dunkirk because they were focused other places in Europe and they just kind of like, whatever, these people aren't going anywhere. We're not going to, you know, we'll, we'll try and keep them in place, but we're not going to, you know, bring in tanks and armies to wipe them out. Yeah. They're not going to expend a lot of resources. I think they even said in the movie at one point the tanks have stopped. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that was just because like Germany was like, whatever, they're not get, getting away, uh, and so it's like hotly debated because if Germany had continued, it would have kind of ended World War Two. So yay, that didn't happen. <laughs> um, so that's the background on Dunkirk. Uh, so the movie itself is. Um, but, you know, a retelling of the story of Dunkirk in a very interesting a, style. Yeah. And actually, um, before we get deeply into the movie, I wanted to give my my personal review of Dunkirk. Yes. Yes. I was actually going to ask about that. So I find it very interesting that the very first movie that you chose to do for this was a true story war movie, because <laughs> when I watch TV and when I watch movies, I usually watch them purely for entertainment. My yeah. two like least favorite things are true stories because then mm -hmm. I have to actually relate to the people mm -hmm. or uh, historical stories because they're usually really sad. Um, in fact, history was not one of my favorite subjects. So yeah. the the reason the like I'm very surprised that this was the very first one that you chose. That said, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, well, because it had. Like kind of like a happy ending in some ways. Yeah, and yeah, and like, and it wasn't like, and it wasn't a brutal war story. No, no, it was, it was very, it was oddly a light story. Although there were yeah. definitely sections of of high drama, it was for the yeah. most part fun is the wrong word, but yeah, yeah, I I, the, I got surprisingly invested in all of the subplots um, mm -hmm. without knowing who anybody was. Uh, well, and it was kind of like the, the characters were not well-defined by design like yes. they weren't caricatures but they were definitely not like you weren't you know learning you know the history of a character they were just involved in this scenario yeah they, um, they were very one-dimensional possibly two-dimensional but that's kind of yeah. the point uh, right. in fact what was really bad so so there's basically three plot lines 
There's the a couple soldiers trying to escape from the beach. There's uh, a dogfight uh, in the air, and then there's a boat uh, traveling. One of the civilian boats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so land, air, and sea. Yes, basically, is exactly. Yeah, that's that exactly is. how it was split up. Yep. Um, um, and the the biggest problem where the soldiers on the beach were all dressed the same. They were all skinny white guys with black hair, and so I couldn't tell any of them apart. Oh, I could totally see that. So yeah, I have no especially. idea which ones I was supposed to care about. I like at one point, this was really fun. So at one point I realized the main guy had his particular part in his hair. And so that's how I was determining who he was. And then oh, he jumped funny. into the water, lost it. And I was like, great. Yeah. I have no idea who these people are anymore. That's funny. And it like, it doesn't entirely matter. Honestly, it doesn't. I would it, have liked to yeah. know if the one yeah. that we were following from the beginning lives. I think yes, he does. Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he does. So this, there's two. So on the land side of things, uh, there's kind of you start with kind of like two characters and you end up with three um two Oops. of them make it to the end one of them who was the french guy oh who, oh he doesn't make it he doesn't make it oh he's um, the one that drowned in the boat yeah um that's unfortunate yeah so the other two english guys make it um and i think like another a few number a number of the other ones so um one of the so christopher nolan has always created complex narratives um and what was interesting about dunkirk it's a fairly straightforward um story but the way he did it was tells it gets complicated um so the the land part uh takes place over a week the sea takes place over a day and the air takes place over an hour oh my goodness okay so again i said i took notes one of the things i took notes on is when you first get introduced to these three scenes, it says, um, what's the the mole? The mole. One the week. Mole. Then it says, uh, see one C, day, day. And then like air or something, air. one hour. Yeah. And I had no idea what that meant. Uh, now that you say that, it all makes sense. Because the other thing that I really enjoyed about this movie is how it played with time and perspective. And yeah. so it, it will tell you, basically you see an event from the airplane's perspective, but because it's going over a course of an hour, you get to see it again with respect to the other ones. And towards the end of the movie, all of these like events that were happening coincide to one singular event. Right, they finally merge together, which I really um, enjoyed. That yeah. Um, so I mean, the, so the reason I, the reason I picked this movie is multifold. One, I think it is a a fantastic movie from a technical perspective. I would agree. Um, it the cinematography is phenomenal, um, and the air scenes especially are amazing because they were, are real. Like, none of that is CGI. They literally strapped IMAX cameras onto old World War II planes uh, and were flying them around. And there's scenes where you actually are seeing the actors in a cockpit. Uh, and when it's... Uh, so, you sometimes see the actors from the side and you can, like, see out the plane and see the sea and whatnot. Uh, and then you sl- you'll see the the actor, like, from the, from the front. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and you just see the rest of the cockpit. So when you see the actor from the front, that was done in a, done on the ground in a, in a prop and, sure, and whatnot. Sure, sure. But the scenes where you're actually seeing the side of the actor, uh, it was filmed in such a way that they were actually flying a two-person plane. And Got you it. don't see the back person. They had a pilot in the back flying the plane with the actor in the front of the plane acting as if they were flying it so these actors were actually up in the planes filming these scenes it was very good um uh it was very very good uh i really enjoyed um just all of the the scenes together um mm -hmm. 
one of the things that I was mildly surprised and kind of wish that there was, uh, and maybe I missed it. Um, so most of the time when you watch these stories about true events at the very end, they say, and this person went on to do this and this person did that. I was really hoping that they would have that because again, it would help, co- uh, like solidify in but my mind. None of, wants- like none of the characters were based on real people. Not even the like ad- admiral dude. Um, I'm probably, probably yeah, real. he probably would. But like all of the soldiers you followed, they're just they were nameless soldiers. Yeah, like, that was kind of the point was that, you know, this was a situation of 400,000 plus some sh- sh- soldiers. So George and- wasn't even real. No, really? I don't believe so. Um, I don't think so. Um, at least maybe George, based on a real. George the is the kid, character. Yeah. The kid, the kid, the kid that kid dies. dies. In the yeah. Um, I don't believe any of them are based on like actual real people, maybe like combined. That's really interesting. Um, cause unfo- like not a lot of Dunkirk was really documented, uh, because it was such a colossal Chaos, yeah. screw up. Um, I would actually, Jeff, after you, you, you finish, I would suggest watching some of the behind some the scenes specials. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. Um, so one of my, my absolute favorite part of the film though, and this is something I, I've want to talk about so the soundtrack uh yes is you done did by mention Han. before i watched yeah. it that i should pay particular attention to the audio yeah so the uh uh hans zimmer was the composer and i find i think hans zimmer is a fantastic composer what he else has he composed um because that name sounds did, very familiar uh he's done a lot of stuff he did the uh the batman trilogy okay he's done most of, yeah he's done a lot of the dc movies um he did uh i think he did gladiator um did he do Kingdom interstellar yes he did interstellar okay. he's done hans zimmer has done all of christopher nolan's movies i believe that would make sense uh, um he is a master at mood if you will like his his scores aren't you know bombastic like a john williams score or whatnot it's not necessarily something you're going to find yourself humming yeah as you're you know that was one of the things i noticed is the the background music was less music and more intention like you know when a scene was getting really tense it was more like a a heartbeat going um and so there are two aspects of the soundtrack that i find really impressive so first of all i don't know if you noticed the entire soundtrack is built around a shepherd tone i don't know what that is uh so shepherd tone that's my phone uh and i forgot that i turned it on to not silent because since we're living in the day of phone communication only just in uh, case yeah that's the only reason i get messages sorry for interrupting that's okay i i might be able to cut that out we'll see I've got I've gotten pretty good at the whole editing thing. Um, anyway, so Shepherd Tone is um, it's a scale. It's either going up or down and it sounds there's overlapping scales going up. So it sounds like there's this continuing increase of uh, of a scale. So you can think of like, you know, you're thinking a scale going up. It's like and there's overlapping. So it sounds like it sounds like it just keep go it keeps yeah, getting yeah. more and more intense okay uh, i didn't it, know that that was what was going on but i could tell that it kept getting more intense without ever stopping in certain scenes and it was really right. interesting um so you can actually if you do just do a google search for shepherd tone i i'm actually i'm gonna see if i can insert one after in here like right now i don't know if it's gonna happen so i eh, just let him google it yeah um so what is really cool about the soundtrack though is it utilizes 
overlapping she- shepherd tones. So when you are at the mole that takes place over a week, it is a slow rising shepherd tone. Then you are on the boat, which takes place over a day. It starts going faster. And then when you're up in the air, it's very, very fast because it's over an hour. So yeah. um, what when all of the the different timelines come together, you have an overlap of all three of these shepherd tones and it creates an incredibly intense experience because a uh, shepherd tone in general kind of makes you feel very anxious. Well, they um, succeeded in that aspect for yeah. sure. Um, and so what what I loved about this movie and a lot of uh, Christopher Nolan movies and Hans Zimmer soundtracks, you can't have one without the other. If you were to get rid of the soundtrack of Dunkirk, it would lose its effectiveness pretty immediately, I think. Because uh, it's pretty true for a lot of movies. The soundtrack, I mean, have you seen that... Um Redub of Mary Poppins, uh, yeah. Scary Mary, where all yeah. they do is just change the sound and cut the the video around, mm-hmm. and it's like now it's a horror film. Yeah. So some of like the early Marvel movies, their soundtracks were not great, and there was actually a a, a video of basically somebody like removed the the music soundtrack, and it didn't make a difference. Oh, it I was, see. Um. So there was a uh in Star Trek uh during uh like. During Star Trek Voyager and Enterprise, the the producer didn't like soundtracks. He wanted it to be called so- called it Sonic Wallpaper. He just kind of wanted it in the background, like not really affecting the story at all. Um, which he did, and like the soundtracks are not great. Um, but I very much appreciate a good soundtrack. Um, that's one of the things it, that I really liked about Interstellar was yeah, it was super weird how they designed designed the audio. Yeah. Um, another thing with the soundtrack, there is a ticking clock in the background. Um, I don't know if I noticed that. It's uh, it, you. You may you. I think you refer to it like as a heartbeat. Oh, okay, okay. But it's like it is. It goes and it's throughout the entire movie, except and this is what I really, 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 really like about the soundtrack. Um, so throughout the entire movie, the soundtrack is just building and building and building. Yes, and um. I remember after Ben and I saw the movie, I described it as just kind of relentless. Like you just, you never have a chance to breathe. Um, And there are two points in the movie where things slow down. So there's one scene as you're getting close to the end where suddenly you look out on the horizon and you see all of these little civilian ships. Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, sailing toward... And the soundtrack swells into something nice and kind of pretty and hopeful. Um, And it's no longer this kind of relentless feeling. However, in the background, the shepherd tone is still going. It hasn't stopped yet. Because even with all the civilian ships coming over the horizon, the story's not over yet. They still have to rescue uh, the people on the land. They still have to get there. There's still the risk of the... Uh, the the bombers and of the submarines and everything. So even though it was this very hopeful swelling in the music, in the background, there's still the tension. Yeah. Um, no, I... I and, oh, go. Oh, I, so, okay, so you have that. There is only one moment right. in the entire movie when the soundtrack stops, and that is... I'm curious if I recognized it. Uh, so 
it's very close to the end kind of the character you were following on the boat the on the boat or on the uh you know on the land yeah, on the and land, then to the land. yeah the guy who just they, wanted to take a poop at the beginning yes yeah actually um he they they finally get on they finally get into england they're on a train and he just falls asleep and at that moment the music stops oh interesting cuz it's kind of like okay he's safe now we are we are done um it comes back it it, it comes back up as you finish the rest of the story cuz there's still other things um, going around yeah but um i just i just love so so i went i rewatched it yesterday um and I had, you know, I've seen it already and I was paying attention to it, but I, I really paid more attention to it. And that's when I noticed all of these little things. And it I definitely just, is I f- a movie that is worth a rewatch if you have the time. Yeah. Um, and, and that's and that this for me, like as I'm you know talking about this and kind of monopolizing the conversation, this is why I love good movies, because there are so many aspects to it that that make you feel a certain way that, you know, try and convey a story in, in a, in a way. And there's so many ways to do it with the visuals, with the audio, with the structure. Yeah. Um, and, and like, go ahead. I was to say, and in this case, the structure was the thing that really sold it to me. Like, I'll be honest. I was kind of dreading watching this movie for the reasons I mentioned in the beginning. Like in my mind, I had already written this movie off as something I was not going to enjoy. And that I was just going to have to slog through because we promised it. Um, mm-hmm. and as I watched the movie, it became more and more entertaining. And mm-hmm. I got to the point where I was like, oh, that was a pretty good movie. But it was yeah. the moment that you said that it happens over a week, a day and an hour that it all clicked what the movie uh-huh. actually was. And I was like, got okay, it. that is super cool. Yeah. And if I ever well, get that's the honestly, I'll watch it again. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly why I suggested it because I, I kind of knew that this is not the tor- normal type of movie you would go yes, out of your way to watch. I would never watch this movie um, Unless maybe I was on a 10 hour international flight and it was the only one that was available. Yeah. And it's just it is for me, it's a masterclass of movie making and storytelling. Yeah. And more so than honestly, any other war movie, like as good as like Saving Private Ryan is. Have you uh, seen 1917? A, I haven't seen that yet. And okay. I do want to see 1917. The, the um, reason that I think that one might be interesting is it's um, structured in such a way that it's a single shot. Right. It's and it's quotes, a, but yeah, right takes place over two hours like it's it's a real-time movie if you will oh interesting um, i didn't know that second yeah. part but yeah so again i don't I've do heard, movies so i'd probably never watch right. it right uh i've heard it's um you know the structure is really good the movie like the storyline is kind of eh, but yeah I, w- I will watch it um i just i remember so christopher nolan has um become more and more ambitious in his movies and storytelling. Uh, so he started with Memento, which really played with the structure of time. Really enjoyed that one too. But it was very simple in a lot of ways. Like this was not a expensive film. You know, it was actors hanging around talking like there wasn't a lot going on. Um, and, you know, then he did the Batman movies and those got really ambitious and he did, inception that really really played with time and had some phenomenal visuals and then interstellar where it basically created a model for a black hole that is now being used for scientific research and then he moved to dunkirk which is such a smaller story in a lot of ways than something like interstellar um and so i thought it was 
it was really interesting kind of where he was going. And so I was excited to see the movie to figure out, okay, how is, how is he going to leave his mark on something that is, you know, war movies have been so done, so been done so many times now. Um, and I just loved how he, instead of telling kind of a straightforward story, he's like, no, I'm going to have three overlapping timelines. Yeah. That, um, that was honestly, that was the, one of the reasons I wasn't looking forward to it is normally the reason I don't like war movies is I'm a emotionally crippled person. And the idea of getting used to a character over the course of a certain amount of time and growing to like that character and then to watch them, to have horribly them die. die in some way. Yeah. Could can't handle that emotionally. Uh, mm-hmm. So the fact that not only did most of the characters live, I mean, I kind of thought they all did because I didn't know who was who. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, also kind of ends on a positive note. So it was the mm-hmm. right kind of war movie for me. Right. And the other reason I, f- I, I found it interesting. So in in England and in France, Dunkirk is very much talked about a lot. And um I don't really talk about it here that much because it kind of had zero impact. We weren't in the war yet. No. Um, it is not like this military victory. If anything, like like I said, it is this entire it's just this horrible cock up. And I'm using cock up because, you know, Britain. I don't but know. That, I'm just going to let yeah, you in- yeah, live, yeah, live with that one. Yeah. Uh, cock up is, you know, a, another term for fuck up. And I was just using, you know, less less colorful terms, I suppose. Um and so, like, I didn't know a ton about Dunkirk, and so I learned a lot from this movie, and I've read a lot about it, and, um, like, I could go on and on and kind of rave about certain aspects of this movie, because I just, I, I, it feels to me like it is a, a masterclass in the director and the cinematographer and the composer and the special effects people all coming together to make just this absolutely brilliant film um, that is... On in some ways, absolutely beautiful. Um, it is relentless. Like by the end of the movie, you feel like you've just run a marathon in a lot of ways. Um, and and it's just it's a really really good film, and it and and it it ends on a on a on kind of a happy positive note, in in a weird way. Um, so yeah, if you haven't seen it, I highly highly suggest renting Although, it or procuring it. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest we probably should have said this at the beginning. I highly suggest watching it and then coming back and listening to the podcast. If you haven't seen it and you're at this point in the podcast, then, well, well you should still probably watch it. Yeah, so. you should still watch it because, I mean, we didn't they, like you said, there's not really too many spoilers ah. that we just gave away. Yeah, like a little bit here and there, but I don't feel like it spoils the movie. No, necessarily. I think it's there's still no good. twist and turns. Honestly, had I known going in that one hour, uh, excuse me, one week, one day, one hour meant what it meant. Uh, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, yeah. But anyways, so yeah. I think that is enough uh, for that. And I think we'll probably do this again at some point when we yeah, have a new movie we'll, uh, to yeah. talk about. Unless I would hate to say this and make myself have to watch another movie. But unless you have one on top of your head. Um, okay, good. So uh, final yeah, word? I can't think of one at the moment. Yeah. Um, speaking of the final word, um, who's doing the final word? Uh, Am I doing fine. the final word? I have a word prepared because I knew you wouldn't get one ready. Uh, it well, is I your did the week. word. La- no, I did one last week. No, didn't I? I did. I'm pretty oh, sure damn. I did because I did one that was related to coronavirus and it was pretty funny. Not funny. Uh, good. I'm pretty sure I, I could. Did. I could definitely do a word. Look one up. Kinda, I have you know, one already. Around this. So, All right. Do it. Do it. Okay. Just do it. You'll probably already know this, but we'll go with it anyways. The final word is brackish.
brackish. That's uh, isn't that like a heavy water or a, um, not heavy water? You're um, close. Uh, hard water. You're close. It is related to water, but it's also a little bit or, more related to the water that we were talking about in Dunkirk. It is salty water. Salty water. That's right. That's right. Uh, slightly salty as a mixture of river water, seawater, and estuaries. So. Ooh, estuaries. That's a fancy. You should have done that as the final word. Nope. You get that one later. That's okay. You have to pay but I'm going to look it one. up That's now. the DLC yeah. to the podcast. I see. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was a, obviously a bit of a different tone from last week. Yep. And um, if you did enjoy it, please share it with a friend. That's the only way we're going to grow. And I'm going to exactly. keep saying this until we get more than eight listeners. So I agree. I agree. So damn it. Eight listeners share it with Eight more, share, please. Each each of you share it with two friends, and then those two friends, exponential growth. Anyways, uh, you guys have a good weekend and stay quarantined. Hey, peace, right, peace. peace.